Welcome back into another episode of the Outsider Sports Hockey Podcast. I'm Ben Mandel, joined by Tom Leone. No Mikey D this week. He will be back next week, though, guys, so don't worry. We are still rolling through the playoffs, and we are through pretty much every single game for, as we are recording this, you have the New Jersey Devils, who trail the Carolina Hurricanes three games to one in that series after just an embarrassing performance in game four. You have the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers. They will be dropping the puck shortly, so we won't have game four final here in this podcast, but still plenty to talk about in that series through the first three games. And the other series out West, it's the Dallas Stars and the Seattle Kraken. And the Seattle Kraken have been my biggest surprise of the postseason. That series currently tied 2-2. Really just a lot of fireworks, and I think... Even though, yeah, we've seen some lopsided scores throughout the postseason, there's just genuinely a lot of parity throughout the league. Tom, what are your thoughts so far, just overall to start, on what round two has been like? Truthfully to me, I think round two has been extremely boring compared to what we saw in round one. There haven't been too many close games. Uh, There's been a lot of blowouts. But I think what's happening is you're seeing an inconsistency from certain teams that are new to the playoffs, you know, Seattle, New Jersey, and you're seeing teams and, and, and Toronto and they're new to the second round, right? I mean, Florida got swept last year in the second round. They seem to have learned something and have brought it into this year and this playoffs, Toronto, first time in the second round, they're down three Oh, you know, probably going to be three, one by the time this is done recording. And then New Jersey's down. It is now getting... officially okay. one. Uh, cool, yeah. Toronto won final. They won <laughs> huge, huge, huge brawl at the end of the game. Nice, nice. And hey, they get they can get they can get back to Florida for game six. Things can get interesting. But but back to what I was saying, you know, like New Jersey down three one. They're a new team. They had a big series one uh around one win. Uh and then you know, Seattle, Dallas has been the tightest series. You know, even Edmonton, Vegas has been, you know, boring games. That's the one thing that's bothering me about round two. I think it's I think the teams, you know, there hasn't been a game where I've looked at it and said, wow, you know. This team played better. They should have won, and the other team stole one. Every game, I think that a team has won in round two. They've deservedly won it. And, yeah, it's uh, – to me, I guess the one word, like, I open this up with is boring, for me at least. I like close, intense playoff games, especially as the series go on. And this is, I think, to both of our points about how a lot of round one series – are more like round two series and round two series are more like round one series with the playoff format. Yeah. I think that this round has, there's just been a lot of just lopsided scores. Now I think that even with the lopsided scores, the Western conference games have still been electric just because of the fireworks these teams possess. I think games two and three of the Vegas series were extremely boring. Game one was electric. Leon Dreisaitl was awesome. I thought that I've thought that every single game in the Seattle Dallas series has been exciting, despite, you know, the recent blowout, uh, you know, it seems like there's just been blowouts in every series in the New Jersey series. We've seen the starting goaltender for at least one of the teams get pulled in each game so far through the first four games of the series. First Which time that's happened. Bothers me so much as a Ranger fan. <laughs> Well, I mean, you just think, oh, all you got to do is just get through, you know, <laughs> you just pick up one more win. Yep, yep. And if they picked up one more win, 
if they won that game seven, if they decided to show up, I think I'd be a pretty happy Ranger fan right now. But yeah, that's ne- yeah, neither speaking here of. I do actually want to touch on that news because the Rangers and Gerard Gallant did part ways. Tom, yes. I know you you were saying if the Devils won in five, you were happy about it because then you'd be getting a new coach. Well, you're getting a new coach, so how do you feel? Because I'm, I actually am not so sure. I, I do agree. I think it was time to move on, but I'm not sure you're going to get a better coach. I think we're going to get the guy that's sitting on your bench or Sheldon Keefe or Mike Sullivan. I think Jerry's going to wait it out, and I think he's got a safety plan in Chris Knobloch, the coach of Hartford, who I think could be a surprisingly sneaky, good head coaching hire. I think he's going to wait it out, maybe see if Sullivan leaves Pittsburgh or, or Pittsburgh releases him of those duties. If Sheldon, Sheldon Keefe gets fired from Toronto, although I think tonight's win helped them a little bit. Uh, or I think Andrew, Andrew Burnett is is their top of the list. And and if it's one of those three guys, um, I'll be happy. And I guess two other names are Bruce uh, Boudreaux, who I'd be happy with. And truthfully, I'd like to see Mike Babcock back in the NHL, and I think he'd be a good hire. Other than that, any other guy would be like, Ugh. like if it's a guy I've never really heard of or guy with or guy with experience – in as an assistant coach for many years or in in lower leagues not named chris knobloch i won't be happy but it was time to move on from gallant clearly he lost the locker room i mean those guys were basically decided to show up when they wanted to show up and nothing the coach did or or didn't do helped and his, his inability in the playoffs to make changes killed him like before I get your point on, like, before you jump in here and give your, because I'm curious to see what you think is going to happen with the Rangers. Um, Lindy Ruff, to me, outcoached Gerard Gallant and did circles around him. He pulled all the, he pushed all the right buttons. The goalie changes, what goal he was playing, what game, everything he did. The Schmid move pretty much won the Devils the series, last series. If he stuck with Vanacek, that series is over in five, in my opinion. And probably four, it, to be probably honest. Maybe four, yeah. It's, We've it's seen so the way true. Vanacek, Vanacek didn't play good at all in the other two games. He still gave up four goals. Yeah. He gave yeah. up three shorthanded goals. It's in true. game three, he's just lucky his team scored eight <laughs> goals in front of him. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it, he's just made the right move around Gallant, and that to me was like, you know what, it's it's time for Gallant to go. These players don't want to play with him, and the exit interviews just showed that. Got a new voice in there. The roster's not going to change that much, so that's pretty much the only big change you can make is get a new voice, and I think it was the right move. If they didn't get out of the first round, you needed to fire him because – they weren't going to take another step next year. So, well, and that's the thing. It's, it sucks if you're gallant because you're like, look, look at what I did last year. Look at what we did this year. It's not like we, we played. And I think that's actually what lost him. His job is the fact that he said, well, we played a great team. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> he was saying it wasn't necessarily us. It was also them. Well, and him and Jerry got into a screaming match after game four, because supposedly there was just tensions about no lineup changes or, or line changes. And they just laid down like a dog after going up 2-0. they wasted a two Oh yeah, lead. You in know, the you know that that's what you're getting out of Gerard Gallant. Like <laughs> when you hire Gerard Gallant, what's his flaw? What's the one thing people say is his problem. The fact that he is too stubborn and won't change. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so true. And when he does, so, so he, when he does change, he doesn't have spite. Yeah, 
You can't yell at the guy. Why do you think the Rangers went out and played like they did in game five? If your GM is going to go and scream at your coach for not changing things up, pretty much saying you don't have faith in the locker room, (laughs) but the coach does. Why do you think the Rangers went and laid an egg in game five and got (laughs) shut out? I mean, come on. Yeah. Maybe it's not Gallant who lost the locker room, but I did. So here are some rumblings I've heard. I don't think it's going to happen, but I I am intrigued because if it does, I would be thrilled as a Devils fan. If the Maple Leafs do not make it out of this round, which they have to win three more games, totaling four in a row against the Florida Panthers in order to do so, the Leafs are going to fire Dubas and clean house. The Penguins are going to turn around and hire Dubas and clean house. I mean, either way, it looks like they'll likely clean house with a new regime stepping in. I can't see Sullivan surviving that. But Sullivan's going to be the Rangers head coach. Um, uh, that's I my would, pick. I, well, and that's that's where this thread leads. <laughs> and I would be ecstatic because I have been saying for years that Mike Sullivan has been carried. By Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, he has not really shown to me that he's a good coach. I have said it repeatedly on this pod that the Penguins' defensive system is really screwed up. I talked about how it's really messing with their young defensemen in the system. I got to see it firsthand in Wilkes-Barre. And when I go to game six at the Garden and bump into John Marino's dad and I tell him that I, you know, I was with Wilkesbury and that I, I got to meet Haxenberg. And all he does is just sit there and tell me the things that I have been saying about Mike Sullivan's system and what it does to defensemen. And the things that he asks of them are just, it's just not feasible. Like, you know, he thinks that all six of his defensemen are going to play like Chris Letang, which, by the way, Chris Letang plays like a forward. You want all six of your defensemen playing like a forward? That's why the Penguins suck. (laughs) I mean, come on. Yeah, He's gotten carried by Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin on two separate lines, helping carry the forecheck, finding a way to get them five goals a game. I I mean, it's not like the Penguins had tons of depth scoring during those runs. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I'd be happy with it because he was a Rangers assistant uh, coach and I think maybe he'd have more faith in his D-men in New York than he do- did in Pittsburgh and I think he would give a pedigree uh, and he knows the area, he knows the organization. I think it'd be a good hire him or Burnett are my top two. Um, so yeah, and, and, and both are just home run hires uh, and the only way I don't see Burnett like if Sullivan, if they clean house, I think Sullivan's the Rangers head coach. But if it's up, if it's between Sullivan and Burnett, I would like the Rangers to choose Burnett for one of two reasons. One, you take away a strength from a rival and one that you're going to be keep, be competing with for the next couple of years. And two, um, he's just, he, he's just, a re- he's got the prospects to be a really good head coach for a very long time. And he's got playoff experience. He won a president's trophy after taking over for uh, Quenville last year in Florida. And the only way I see Burnett not taking the Rangers job is if he knows he's getting the devil's job when Lindy says, I'm done here. So, well, so and that's, I think, I think that's might be coming this year. Honestly. You think Lindy's going to leave after this year and go into like a manager role? And then Burnett. Do you see 
the way that Lindy has been talking in, in these press conferences. Yeah, he's kind of he just he's seems kind of talking like this is his last run, and he's, and he's tired. He's done, man. I I think like I think Andrew Burnett came over to the Devils and took an assistant job instead of a head coaching job, which I'm pretty sure he could have gotten after being nominated for the Jack Adams last season. There's no way he couldn't get a head coaching job this year. And maybe he didn't I like any he, of the opportunities. He, well, and that's I think he saw the opportunity with the Devils. They and I think Lindy said this is going to be it. Let's bring Andrew in and let's get him ready to give him the keys. Hey, if that's the case, then good for the Devils. I think, and and I but... think that that's I've been saying since they brought Brunette over that I think this is it for Lindy. And while I actually have not been thinking that until after Game Seven of the Rangers series, after Game Seven, the way Lindy's been talking, it. Sounds like he's ready. Yeah, he's and to, he's, and, he's had enough. He's and to talk, your po- they asked him how fun it is. He said it's not been fun at all. He's done. <laughs> and to and to your point too, the Rangers haven't even interviewed anybody yet. Gallant's been fired for almost a week. Usually, this stuff with with head coaching vacancies it, it usually rolls pretty quick. They haven't even brought in anybody that's a free agent coach right now. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong. There's no NHL rule that says it has to be after the season that they interview head coaches. He could they could start right now. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure if, especially a team that's still going, it's not like the NFL where. No, 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 no. That, that's my point right now. It's that. my point that I think the Rangers' top choices are connected to the playoffs, and that's why they haven't brought anybody else in. They're waiting to the playoffs. I, I, to I also have, I've also heard Quenville. Yeah, but well, I've I don't heard see that the league letting him back, and I don't too. see the league and, letting him back. And New in, York, especially. And, Dolan the way he is as an owner in New York and the backlash that would get to a premier, you know, the Rangers, I know they haven't won a lot of championships, but they are an organization that is very classy and respectful. That's why they oh, kind of sure. keep that pedigree, sure. even though they haven't won as much as some of the other original sixes is because of the New York market and the pedigree and the classiness. Um, I know some, some people will say Mikey D that the fans don't follow that, but that, as an organization as a whole, they always take care of people. That's why I can't see Quenville being, being hired. There's no way. Well, I'll tell you what, I, look, I went to the, I went to the garden surrounded by nothing but Rangers fans. And I was, I was being obnoxious. <laughs> they we gave it back to back and forth to each other my team was getting smacked <laughs> it was nothing but but love from the ranger fans though you know yeah no it's the rangers like, we all that had go to the great... rock that are bad because they're from well you know what it is <laughs> too? It's the guys. ones that the <laughs> ones that go to the garden it's like okay they're the like the the one percent of ranger fans <laughs> yeah because right? it's a certain the, the ones cost that go to, go to the, the rock garden. yeah exactly the ones that go to the rock are like oh this is when we can afford to go to the game so they're they're rowdy they're drinking they're, and you're they're always more going. rowdy at a road game always too and which plus like it's all yeah. the staten island guys yeah that that as well <laughs> yeah it's a lot easier to get to the rock from staten island than to get to the garden surprisingly even though it's, the it's same just state. i mean it's i mean the garden in general it's just and plus, uh, I mean, you just look at the difference in ticket prices. <laughs> the yeah. garden's like twice as much. But I will say for my first time ever going to the garden and seeing a game there, I, I understand the price of admission. Yep. It's a, 
it's a, a wonderful wonderful atmosphere and and it, there's a it's an aura it's hard to explain it's like the lights are brighter it's like the way the room i don't know how to explain it it's just very it's it, you have to see it to to understand what i'm trying to say right now it's it's no you're, i know you, I'm an, I, I know i'm a homer but saying. it is I would no. understand why as a player I'd want to go there wear that sweater or wear the Knicks jersey and play at that arena. It's just something about it. No, I'll tell you right now, my dream would be to call a, a Stanley Cup game at, at Madison Square Garden. Like, that's that's peak <laughs> for me. I, I'll yeah, be honest. And it's upsetting. Look, the Devils <laughs> can't be playing in the Stanley Cup if the Rangers are in it. So, obviously, <laughs> like, I mean, maybe maybe let's get a neutral site Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, well, speaking of the Devils, let's talk Let's talk about them. What the, what's going yeah, on no, with them? Let's, let's get into the postseason here. Yeah. Let's get into round two. Carolina, New Jersey. Let's Tom, I want to hear your thoughts on this series because – we all we both picked the Devils to win, and I'm pretty sure we both picked the Devils to win in six. And that can't happen. <laughs> not possible anymore. But really, it, the Devils just don't look like they they look good for spurts, but then they don't look good. What is going on? I don't know because it's not the team I watched beat my team. I mean, I didn't watch three of the games because I was overseas, but the games I did watch, like it, it wasn't like it's not the game seven devils that, that completely manhandled the Rangers from start to finish or the highlights that I watched of games three, four, and five that manhandled the Rangers. It's not that team. I don't know what it is. And, and, and Carolina to me is not more talented than the Rangers. They don't have more talent. And they definitely don't have the goaltending that the Rangers have. So is it Rod Brindamore system? Did he get these guys ready to play? Do they have like some type of chip on their shoulder because everybody was writing them off because of the injuries they had and they now are playing a young team and they're feasting on the young team with their relentless forecheck and that ugly muck it up system that Brendamore plays the hockey nerd that he is. And that's what's doing it? Or is it like the veterans in the locker room kind of just not not stepping up? Is it Lindy being tired? I don't have an answer. It's surprising to me that they're 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 already down three one. And it's surprising to me how they're losing. To your point earlier, it's like VTech gave up all those shorthanded goals. They gave up they gave up three shorthanded goals in one game, but because Carolina just got crazy bad goaltending that game. It wasn't even close because the Devils put eight past. Well, and the the, yeah, Carolina gave up some some softies, but New Jersey was just all over them. That's true, but that's but they've they've also been doing that. They they just can't play from behind, and you saw this in the Ranger series. It was the same thing. They just forget how to play. They get desperate and think, "Oh my God, we have to come back and score now." When I was watching the twenty twenty one Islanders playing in that season after the bubble when I was writing for Isles blog. One thing you never saw with them when they fell behind was panic under Barry Trotz. And that's what a great coach does with Carolina. There's no panic. You know, they gave up that early goal. just a bad bounce off Jack Hughes's knee game yeah. uh, in game four. And then they go out and just roll the rest of the way. And to the your Devils point, dominated and had them on their heels. It's true. And, and sorry to cut you off here, but like almost it's, I, I, I guess what your point just made me realize is almost like that maybe the devils have always played like in the regular season, panic sometimes works, especially when you have that much speed and against like a Rangers team, panic might work because you have so much speed that when you play that fat, like, Oh my God, we got to go, go, well, go. When you're it, playing it'll work, a team it'll that's work not out. as good as you. 
or or or, or yeah, or that. But in the regular season, there's a lot of bad teams. Yes, yeah, for the regular season point, and then the playoff point, like against like the Rangers, when you play with that intensity, they were down 2-0. They were just so much faster and just going after and playing panicky. But when you're faster, that much faster than a team, and have that much more foot speed, it, you're gonna get the benefit of the doubt more. You get a couple big saves, and that happens against Carolina. You can't do that, and maybe that's what's happening. Maybe the Devils play a panicky style when they're behind, or they, and, and it works in the regular season because to your point, they're playing bad teams. And now it's just something they got to learn, right? Maybe they can bounce back and salvage this series. You never know. Crazier things have happened. Or this is going to be a learning point into next year where it's, we just need to use our speed. Don't play panicky. Don't play crazy and and, and start pinching more from the D-men. Play your game. Even if you're down one, two, three goals, we have enough talent to put the puck in the back of the net. We don't have to change our style because like good teams are never going to panic and not going to change their style no matter what the situation of the game is. No, you're not wrong. And here's here's what I think is the is what it is. And I didn't want to believe it, but I think after yesterday it was true. And it, and by yesterday I mean after game 4 because you saw them quit after they gave up the second goal and the Hurricanes jumped and scored like four goals in the, the span of like three and a half minutes. It's just terrible, embarrassing. I think the Devils emotionally peaked in the Rangers series and that's very very common for a young team in the playoffs for the first time you don't necessarily know how to get it up every game you don't know what kind of intensity you need to bring for each game and I think they burned out in the Rangers series and they had to because they fell behind early like that and, and I think and they didn't have the know, goaltending emotional. to bail them out because I watched that well, with my and, team last year they 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 got that emotional win against Pittsburgh and they got manhandled in games one and two but somehow kept the games close because Igor stood on his head and then kind of used and backed up their goaltending and won two at home and then you know the rest is history but they, well, they had the goaltending to back them up for playing bad and that's what the Devils unfortunately don't have that's the difference between Igor and VTech and I mean look what have I been saying about VTech all year? Not, I, I have. Not, you I were scared of him. I said this was going to happen. Yep. I said he is not going to be there come playoff time. The, that is not the VTech we're going to see. But let's go through these other series because we do have three other series going on. We'll stay in the East and talk Toronto and Florida. Toronto was able to pick up the win tonight, so they make it a 3-1 series. Tom, how did Florida jump out to a 3-0 series lead this team that went down three games to one against Boston, won three in a row there, and then won three in a row against Toronto? How is this happening? They bamboozled us. And I just want to say one more thing. Carolina, we got to give them credit, too. I'm giving them credit. That's the last thing I'm going to say about that series. Anyway, they Florida bamboozled us because – you made this point when we were first starting recording this podcast that that was the team that scared you. If they got in, they could beat Boston, you know, and that was kind of where like, I was like, okay, they may, could be a first round exit. I don't know if, but I was thinking more Ottawa or, or Buffalo based on how they played each other. But Florida won a president's trophy last year, got swept in the second round. They got better this year with the Chuck trade and getting Verhage and, and things like that. And guys taking next steps like Montour and, and, you know what they got come playoff time? Goaltending. Consistent, dominating goaltending in Borowski. And that is why he's now, I think he's six and two now because they lost tonight, but he's six and two. He's got almost a 91% uh, save percentage. And they play a relentless, four checking, dominating game. They are suffocating. And I think that they are going to go to the cup. And I, 
think it's crazy because I like Toronto in this series because I was like, you know what? Florida just had its crazy comeback against the greatest NHL regular season team ever. They're definitely, this is a perfect opportunity for Toronto and they folded. Toronto doesn't have the 16 game players, doesn't have the playoff players, don't have the guys that are hungry. They seem like they won a Stanley cup by getting out of the first round and they got absolutely bamboozled. They lost the game in overtime and you know what? It's three, one. Now there's still a chance, but Florida is going to, Florida's going to close it out. To your point about Florida and the Boston series, that's what I thought was going to happen. What That's what's happening with New Jersey, that emotional high that you yeah, peaked. You exactly. got too emotional. You peaked emotionally too early. And that's what I thought was going to happen with Florida. It didn't. Now, if Toronto's able to come back and I, it, it didn't look like the way Florida played today, Toronto's going to come back and win. Toronto really had to work for this win tonight. And yep. just from the Maple Leaf standpoint, they they have just a lot of work to do. They're doing it with a backup goaltender and Wall, Joseph Wall, who played fantastic today. He played great in game number three as well when he came in in relief of Samsonov. But, you know, it's just a high hill for the Leafs to climb. And Florida is just, they're, they're relentless, like you said. I've seen a lot of comparisons to the 2012 LA Kings. I think it's more of the 2012 Devils. You play that tough series in round one, roll through round two in five games, and then you you have a, a six-game series win, a tough one, but one that you know ultimately you end up winning before falling in the cup, and I think that's Florida's fate at yep. this point in the season. I agree now, with you. Let's jump in. Two West teams really quickly. We will start with Dallas, Seattle. The Kraken are now tied 2-2 after losing in game four. But I think Seattle's looked like one of the best teams this postseason. Their poise, their confidence. Hextall's done a great job on the, behind the bench, someone who I heavily criticized uh, when he was hired by the Kraken to be the first bench boss. But they've built a really good team, a lot of good young talent, and a good mix of veterans as well. What are your thoughts on Seattle? And not only that, Philip Grubauer, who's all of a sudden <laughs> returned to being a superstar goaltender this postseason. I guess this is what you what you get when you have a team full of second and third liners making up 12 guys and then some youngsters and infusing some skill and speed. I, I'm impressed. I wasn't expecting it. I think I had them out early in round one. And Dallas, I think, is going to come out on top of this series, but I'm very impressed with Seattle. This is a big stepping stone for an organization like that. They can be like Vegas now, probably in the mix every year. They're going to you know, maybe move some pieces around, some of their depth guys that are getting some trade value during, during this playoff run. They can ship those guys out to clear up some cap and maybe get bigger names in. And Grubauer playing really solid, consistent hockey that a playoff team needs. And he's made the big save when he needs to in their games that they've won. I could see this series going seven. I think Dallas gets on top Dallas. Dallas is very impressive to me as well. And Robertson, Pavelski seemed to just brought a different energy since he's come back, scored four goals early in this series. It, it, it's been fun to watch. It, like to your point earlier, it's probably been the most fun series. I know I use the word boring, but they, that's definitely been the most fun series. And impressed with Seattle, impressed with Dallas, both two good teams. Both would be deserving if they got through, but... I think Dallas gets gets through Seattle here and heads to the Western Conference Final. Yeah, I mean, look, we both – I think all of us picked Dallas to win this in five. Or, like, there was one of us who didn't pick Dallas in five or something along those lines. Yeah, we didn't we, show that much respect. 
<laughs> yeah, we we very much were were thinking. I mean, but part of that is because of how high for me personally, at least, I am on the on the stars. You know, they they've gone out and built a really good team. I really like them. Yep. Yeah, so right. all of us picked Dallas in six, except for Ariano took Dallas in seven, actually. So it, all of our predictions are still in play here, but we all took Dallas in this series, and that was with what we saw from Seattle. I I loved what I saw from Seattle against Colorado. I thought that they put on a clinic. I think that Jared Bednar is the second-best coach in the, in the NHL right now behind Rod Brindamore to be honest, with what he was able to do with the what his team put on the ice. I think he was he did a masterful job getting them to a seventh game and almost winning that series. So really great job by the Seattle Kraken and what they've been able to overcome already in their first postseason and looking really strong while doing it, winning both on the road and at home, which is just crucial. Yep, got to do both. Got to do both, and I couldn't agree with you more. So – Let's shift into the last series, Edmonton and Vegas. And Mikey D and I were saying that this was kind of like the real Western Conference final, despite what we think of Dallas. I think these are the two best teams in the West in Edmonton and Vegas. I think that's what we've seen, despite two blowouts and one exciting close back and forth game. This is turning and, into like a low-key bloodbath, this series. I'm so excited to watch this game since, you know, we're, we're recording and it's about to start. I'm so, I'm so excited to just hop in bed and watch this one. <laughs> oh, it's going to be exciting. And Laurent Brossois, who was playing really well for Vegas, out. Aiden Hill comes in in relief and plays great. What are we going to see out of, out of Vegas tonight in goal? What are we going to see out of Edmonton in their power play, which was finally held off the board last game? Crazy. Uh, Leon that's, that's impressive to do that. by Vegas. <laughs> well, but if any team can do it, it's Vegas. And that's why yeah. I think this is the real Western Conference final, because Vegas has the defense to do it. They have more scoring than you realize. Yes, especially I, with I Stone thinking- coming back. That's like, I keep thinking to myself, ah, you got Stone, Barbashev, Eichel. Like, uh, you, you forget got, how but you got good Carlson, Marcia So, and Carrier. Like, yeah, they're deep. It's Stevenson. It's defi- yeah, Chandler, and he's their leading scorer <laughs> in the playoffs. It's Chandler yep. Stevenson. This is a very, very good, deep Vegas team. And I love watching them play this series. I can't wait for this game. So, Me too. But I'm going to say this, know, Ryan Nugent Hobson scoring the first goal. You could probably still get the bet in before it starts. That's my well, prediction. You, you could, yeah, right I in mean, front on the power plays and a tip one in. That's my, that's I, my, that's my guess. I know you're, I know you're putting that out there for me because we put this out in the morning, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, well, know. so when people are listening to this and hear this towards the end of the pod, they're going to go to Bleach Report. They're going to look, or they're going to know that Nugent Hobson scored the first goal. Yeah. And look, uh, Ty, we'll tell you right now. When uh, Tom said that, they are singing the national anthem, the uh, <laughs> American national anthem. So you still got to wait for O Canada as well afterwards. Still got some time. Yes. Um, they did a cool so intro he, with the CU uh, Chief Indian uh, Indian Chief. They did a really cool Yeah, they did that for Game that. 3, too. I love yeah. that they've been showing that stuff on TV. And, I mean, awesome. these are two two teams that have intros. You have the Vegas show on ice as well. They yep. do a great job. But, you know, just – Thoughts on how you think this series is going to finish and how it plays out? Who comes out on top? I think Edmonton 
comes out on top. I think Dry McDavid are going to take it to another notch when they need to, like they've shown already. And I think this is finally the year for Edmonton. I really do. They get through Vegas. They're going to have an inferior opponent in either Seattle or Dallas. And this is the year McDavid. We finally see the greatest player in the league fight for the Stanley Cup. I really do think Edmonton comes out on top. I agree with you, and the reason why I agree with you is not only McDavid, but Dreisaitl's been the best player for Edmonton so far. Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, when you have two guys like that, and in a conference that is as wide open as it is, Edmonton has to be the clear-cut contender. Even if they lose in Game 4, I still like Edmonton to pull the series out with the weapons they have and their ability to just take over and dominate. You can never count them out. I mean, the last game, I think it was like 6-1. I still kept it on because you never, never know what know. can you do. never know. Never, ever know. You're 100% right. And it, that's the reality for the entirety of the playoffs. And we are going to continue getting coverage. We'll continue getting some recaps and reactions up on the TikTok. Make sure you check it out by searching Outsider Sports. Follow us on Twitter as well by searching Outsider Sports 3. Check us out on YouTube. And follow our website. It's at www.outsidersports.net. And catch us next week as we have another episode breaking down more playoff hockey.